0: Look. one hello welcome to not dead your survivalist guide to the modern world today or and an we're talking about mums
1: we're not talking about my mum we're not talking about your mum we're talking about
0: a mum <laughs> <laughs> but before before we get into this i was just going to ask you some things like how far would you go like say say you're a mum so get into the mindset Orpha, you're yep. not a mum you've got a daughter um mm-hmm. How far would you yep. go? I'm gonna give you some situations. So um Okay. Your daughter's at school, having a lovely day, and then another kid yep. like takes her favorite toy, and then you got a sad daughter. What would you do? What would you do for for that daughter?
1: Uh, probably try and right the wrongs of the world.
0: Mm. You know? Maybe okay.
1: go, you know, and try and mitigate as a as a as a grown up. Yeah. Try and mitigate the situation, you know. Go over there, have a little conversation, and you know, explain, you know, and and on the low key, kind of threaten the kid, but you know, or, yeah, <laughs> low key for, okay,
0: low key, low key threats yeah. to children. That's cool. Um, say, so yeah. like, yeah. okay, a bit later now, like your daughter got out of school, got a house, like, or flat, mm-hmm. a flat, let's say flat, she's like late teens, early yeah. 20s, got flat, and yeah. She she's unable to make her rent payments. What would you do? How would you help her out there? Uh,
1: well, I mean, like most parents, I think I would pay for the um, pay rent maybe one two times.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe three times. Yeah, I help her out with some money. So like maybe so, I like have yeah. a chat about finances and stuff. So like see if there's like yeah. how you can help her. Okay, good, good. Okay, now we're gonna ramp it up slightly here. This is a small bump, a small bump okay. here. Right. Your daughter gets kidnapped by a cartel. What do you do then? Call the police. So she's kidnapped. You have like, you have to pay them $2,000 and you know for a fact that she's being tortured by the cartel and the police are unable to help you. Call Liam Neeson? I don't, I don't know, like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about today. So small bump up on those rental payments. But we're going to talk about Maria Rodriguez who was put in that situation and exactly what she did to write this role. And this story is crazy. Uh, okay. you, you mentioned Liam Neeson. The, yep. This woman goes full Liam Neeson from Taken. I haven't seen those films. so I have no idea what his character's called, but it's just Liam Neeson from Taken.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> You haven't seen Take It? You should. It's the first one. You should see the first one.
0: Yeah, I mean, when it got round to like the second one, I was like, oh, okay. So, like, he just gets like a lot of uh, his family members kidnapped. So, that's just the thing that happens in his family. Okay. And then when it was the third one, I was like, come on, guy. Like, (laughs) how bad can you be? Like, you know that you know how I, I get that you know how to get your family back. But how do you not get them kidnapped in the first place? Shouldn't yeah, prevention...
1: How do, you, how, how do you keep them safe? Yeah. And I mean, the... Okay, so we're going slightly off track here. But, I mean, <laughs> the first movie happens. The logical... Like, in a certain way, it's a logical... The second movie is a logical response to the first movie. The third one is just like, what? what are we doing now? This is just basically Die Hard. You know, with
0: kids Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, okay. So go. Yeah. So we're talking about the cartel. Um. Before Before we go straight into this, I just want to do like a backstory on this cartel, and okay. like set the scene. Set, yeah. Set the scene of what's happening. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a area called uh San Fernando, which okay. sounds lovely. Um, sounds really nice. It's a nice name. Unfortunately, yeah. Riddlewood uh, Cartels and the uh, the war on cartels that was happening since, I think it was like the president um, at the time of 2000, 2007 declared right. war on the cartels, which, right. fair enough, declared war on the cartels. The problem is that the cartels responded to the war with more war. And so this just... Exacerbated Absolutely. the problem. Um, there were massive, in, massive infighting in cartels, and then yeah. it's like can't. And then when, because um, once you, once you take out one cartel, what you, what you do is you develop a power vacuum. Yeah. So that means that there's an area where there isn't a cartel. So other cartels need to go in there because they need that money. Um, yeah. Well,
1: they, they, need,
0: they want that money. they? Yeah, they want that money, which means that. They stretch into these areas, so then they're fighting other other cartels to gain power. But then, as they're overstretching, other cartels are attacking them from the other side. So what you've actually got is a war zone. So yeah. where it was a kind of unhappy area beforehand with these cartels, it then made this problem even worse. And yeah. we'll get we'll get into that in a second. But um, so the cartel that we're talking about today is. Los Zetas, which just means disease, um, if you want the translation for that, and they were a they were an offshoot of another gang, another cartel called the Gulf Cartel, which started in the early nineties. Right. The Gulf Cartel. Yeah, as in uh, G-U-L-F, Gulf. Oh, okay. Mexico. Uh, yeah, no, yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, but I, thought, I thought, you know, rolling around in golf carts, beating people with a five iron.
0: No, Yeah, they're, they're not going down to, like, the green with Donald Trump and being like, <laughs> Whoa! Oh, that was excellent form. That was a good swing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> by the way, with the golf cartel. Watch out. We're going to hit a birdie. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most middle class cartel you got out there. Like, Oof. watch out. <laughs> no one gets a buggy without my say-so. I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going on that. Yeah. Uh, so the Gulf Cartel started in the early nineties um, and it was actually started by members of the Mexican military. Okay. So, and not just like any members, these were uh, commandos. So these were like the special forces in Mexico. Uh, okay. They had, uh, these guys had training from the Israeli army and American special forces. Right. And as I you think, do. and they yeah, I mean, well this is the thing, like lots of militaries share um they'll have like as a peace offering, they'll do up yeah. like, training and so it's good to share tactics and things like that. Plus, if yeah. anything goes down, you're like, I know what you're up to. I exactly. know the game. Yeah, um, you
1: know what you're up against.
0: Yeah. So these guys had like specialist training and yeah. they just realized they could make more money um extorting people so they broke away from the army they formed like their own freaking militia because that's essentially what these cartels are they've got a lot of weaponry they've got a lot of hardware it's like vehicles like uh, i think it was like la- not last year but the year before so before the pandemic i was seeing like footage from mexico uh, and like these guys just make youtube videos about how big their their armies are, their little militias are. And it was just like this camera just going down this road and it was just all the trucks and all the guys in the cartel like waving their guns and cheering. Uh because they would it was just to say, yeah, don't don't fuck with us. There's we've got we've got this area covered. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: But so you got the Gulf Cartel, they're doing the thing in the 90s and then around 2010, that's yep. when the split happened. So this right. was after the war on uh, on drugs, the war on the cartels had started. So you're seeing like these fracturings of the cartel and Los Ctes managed to get, become one of the more powerful cartels, um, right. basically through drug trafficking. They, they made a lot of money through drug, traf- uh, drug trafficking. Yeah. Um, like other ways that they make money is assassinations, protection rackets, um so like general extortion, and uh, so kidnapping as well. And yeah. that's, what, that's what that's where we're coming into this. And um this isn't linked to Miriam, but I just wanted to talk about this guy, Felix, who was kidnapped. So I managed to find a um I've been re- for this, I've been reading a lot of ugly newspaper websites. Because okay. like archived from like 2010, 2014 and websites were ugly back then, I don't yeah. know what they were doing, but ten years ago people didn't understand web design oh so I, watching... I,
1: I remember when you know HTML and Java were like the biggest things so and when flash <laughs> when flash came into website website design
0: Ooh. flash is dead now it died it died last year finally yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't let Craig hear that. He, he loves Flash. <laughs> um, so, so um, the, I, I've also been watching a lot of Mexican news. Okay. And honestly, if you want to just do yourself a favor, just go find some Mexican news. It's honestly <laughs> one of. It makes you feel so much better about the news in your country because it's um. You know how, like, you get the Mexican dramas where it's, like, all overly emotional? And it's, like, yeah. physics doesn't work right, why? Right, because people can be falling for, like, a whole episode because they bumped yeah. into someone. It's, like, <gasps> it's, like, very anime. Um, yeah. You've got the same thing in, like, the the news. They'll be talking and you'll have, like, this really dramatic music. If, it, if they're talking about a murder, you'll have in the background, and then they'll yeah. talk about something nice, and you're just there.
1: Oh, and,
0: <laughs> but like, the cuts are so severe, because it goes. Oh, it's, um, it's an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Felix, yeah, this is just to explain, like, why they're kidnapping people, because You might think if you want to kidnap someone, because I mean, like the main thing that they're kidnapping for is obviously money. They want to get money for their group. But they also, so if you were to get money, you want to kidnap like, I don't know, a bank manager or like a politician or like someone with money. Like you you find the money, you kidnap them. They're likely to give you more money. Like going back to our um, Machine Gun Kelly episode, they kidnap the oil oil tycoon. Like there's oil in Mexico. Yeah, there's oil in Mexico, so you find an oil tycoon, kidnap them, and, like, do you think? Or, like, an employee of an oil tycoon. Because, um, actually, oh, this is interesting. I found a insurer who has a special page on kidnappings and extortion. Um, And they estimate that there are over 8,000 kidnappings worldwide annually. Yeah. Uh, which, with global takings for the kidnappers, of 500 million. Okay. Yeah. Um. And... I mean, can can,
1: can we just, just pause for just half a second mm-hmm. and contemplate how thankful we should be that we do not live in an area where kidnappings to this degree are happening? Like, just at all?
0: Yeah. They, they... <laughs> I, I can't imagine... Going down to the shops just to pick up some milk and being like, oh, I'm kidnapped now. Oh dear. Yeah. I. I yeah. I, I feel so happy. Like I mean, all I have to worry now is, oh God, that guy's not wearing his mask properly. But <laughs> <laughs> like, other than other than that, like, it's a pretty sweet life. I I mean, you don't know how other, blessed other, you are until you read some of this stuff. That. Yeah. No. No. Fair. Fair. This is um, true. And like one of the, um, one of the, so they have case studies in this page. So this is from Chubb, which, funny name. (laughs) Um, they, uh, so they've got one where it was like an oil tycoon. Um, so two oil surveyors were kidnapped, um, using a roadblock. They, which is like a classic tactic for these kidnappers. They, They released one of them um, and said, this is your rant." this with the ransom demands. And yeah. it was five mil. They wanted five million for this guy. Okay. Um, and it looked like they, they paid the five mil, but it took them over a year to get the guy back with negotiations.
1: Wait, they, okay. They paid the money and then they had to negotiate?
0: Yeah. Like this is classic. Like they... Just because you pay the money doesn't mean that you're getting the person. Okay.
1: Wait, wait. Oh, no, no. So, okay. So looking past the fact that, you know, what these guys are doing is highly illegal.
0: Yeah.
1: There are still rules to the game. You, you, ha- you have to have like...
0: Oh, oh, don't worry. This is love. This is love and war at the same time. There's no rules here.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: for, so, yeah. you
1: know, for their love of money, you know,
0: there, there are no rules. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into like you'll we'll we're gonna find out that this isn't they don't keep to the rules of you pay us the money, you get the person back. Um, okay. But the Chubb so, Group, um, so this this Chubb Group, they um in they've added here in case of long abductions, Chubb's policy can pay the salary of a kidnapped employee for up to six sixty months. Sixty months? <laughs> yeah I know
1: <laughs> Sam, kidnap me. Let's take out a policy. You kidnap me. We're doing this.
0: I mean Yeah, like I'll I, kidnap
1: I, I'll kidnap you back after my sixty months.
0: Yeah, because you're in the EU, so like there's no information yeah. sharing anymore. This exactly. is great. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the chub's policy. Uh, Chubb's policy, oh my god. Uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so just to give, like, some idea of what a person goes through, it's this guy Felix, he got kidnapped when he was around 19, um, he was, whilst he was kidnapped, he was beaten daily, so this is a a way that they just basically keep you pliable, they keep you down so that you are going to do whatever they say, he was crammed into, like, uh, a it's like tiny, like little hovels with 80 people. So they barely had like room to sleep. Um, okay. It stank as well because they weren't really able to bathe. Um, yeah. And obviously the daily beatings as well. And it was like, you're trying to get like that Stockholm syndrome. You're trying to get them to just like follow whatever they say. So every time they did something nice, like give them food or something, it was like, oh my God, they do like me. Um, they the kidnappers demanded $5,000 uh, to come uh, for this guy to be released, which right. the family managed to get together. And yeah. so they paid the 5000 But only after paying the 5000 so they got their money, Yeah. they turned around to Felix. And like, so this is the other side of these kidnappings. They turned around yeah. to Felix and they said, hey, buddy, so we got an opening in the cartel. Uh, they, gave, they gave him, like, an elevator pitch. They were like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you 12 weeks on-the-job training. So okay. 12 weeks training uh, in guerrilla jungle fighting tactics, uh, yep. how to use heavy weapons. And then, now that's not it, my friend. After you've done this 12 weeks training and you're yep. one of the cartel, you are going to be earning 5 thousand dollars a month a month a month so I'm not saying this is a big deal but it's a big deal yeah
1: no this sounds this sounds like a pretty big deal yeah
0: so I mean just put yourself in like this kid's shoes as well he probably didn't have many like some of the people that were when we start talking about Miriam's family like their jobs were I run a hat store, I work in this shop, I do, yeah. like, I, I'm, a carer, yeah. I'm a living carer. Exactly, you're, normal normal people. Yeah, you're not getting anywhere close to 5000 a month. And this guy who has been beating the shit out of you, or it might not be the, the guy who's been beating you up, but someone's yeah. saying, okay, we're going to take you out of this and we're going to offer you this money. Yeah. You're going to just jump at it, but Felix didn't. So he he didn't jump at it and he did manage to get released. But like obviously going through that, there's a level of trauma that I don't think either of us can really understand.
1: No. No no there is there is definitely um large amounts of PTSD going on right there.
0: Yeah. But I just wanted to give that as an example for sort of if you're wondering why some why they do so many kidnappings of poor people so people who yeah. don't have that much money it's they're easy to capture and there's a chance that they can recruit them so so that they can have more people fighting in um in their cartel yeah so some of these people are just innocents who have just been dragged into it and it was
1: oh, oh wait now so here, here's like how do they know Let's say let's say they do what they did to Felix. They kidnap him, they beat him, they break him down. Then they start, you know, being his friend and they teach him how to use heavy weapons and, Mm. you know, get him a little bit involved in their in their um, in their cartel. Mm -hmm. And then the guy says, no, turns down the bitch, wants to be released. And finally gets his wish. What. insurances do they have that this kid will not turn around and use their tactics against the cartel?
0: Oh, well, once they've trained him. Yeah. Well, that's where, like, as we're talking about, like, the infighting, like, um, where these cartels have been breaking up, that's that's where that comes into play. So, because right, yeah. if you're just... I, I know that the films make it um, look really easy. So one person can just be Batman and take out an entire squad. The, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. th- <laughs> this isn't Call of Duty. You're not going to fucking go on some mad dash and take out all these people. They they've been trained the same as you. Like maybe you could be like pretty shit hot and you take out a couple of them, but that's a very low likelihood. The, this isn't this isn't comic books. So sometimes that will happen, but not so much. But let's get into Miriam now. Let's talk about this lady. Okay. Um so we set the scene for set scene for the cartels for the area that they're living in like the war's going on and like this is 2012 so this war on the cartels has been going on for five years still going on and things are not great um to say the least yeah so miriam's daughter karen uh she was her name's karen i know her name's karen i want to try and avoid jokes about about Karen's in this episode, it was really okay. hard site doing okay. it. I know, okay. I know. Okay, okay. So Karen was uh, driving, driving her truck. Yep. And uh, so this was, Karen. yeah. I mean, it, okay. she has a truck, it's Mexico. There's a lot of dirt roads. You, you can't yep. have like a little Nissan micro. You need to have something that's gonna deal with like off-roading. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So it's the 23rd of January, mm-hmm. 2012. And right. Karen's driving along and she stops at a traffic light. Yeah. And then the roadblock happens. So this is what so we were talking about with... Um, this is a classic tactic for how they kidnap people. They just have a car pull out in front of you and a car pull out behind you. Mm-hmm. And then that means you're sandwiched. You can't pull backwards or forwards. Like, if you see someone pulling... Like, I saw some guy get out of one of these situations in a video. They saw someone put in front of them and immediately yeah. they just went in reverse and just like went on the accelerator and like hammered back. Uh, yeah. The other car that was meant to come in behind them, missed them, wasn't able to uh, stop them. The other cars were moving around as soon as like the green light went, he just put on, went straight forward and just like ran through everyone and was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't happen to Karen she they came in they forced their way into the vehicle they gagged her they bound her and then they drove off to like they just followed went off to like the family home yeah and i imagine like what they probably wanted to do was like wave her around a bit and show like we've got your daughter like give us your give us money Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when they got there there was no one there and so they were in the house and like they were doing I don't know cartel stuff around the house. Okay. Um, yeah. Vacuuming, you know. Yeah, you know, like just thinking, oh, you know what? They're gonna have a really hard day. Yeah. Let's do the washing up. Yeah, we've taken the yeah. Let's wash up. Oh, could could you just like beat the beat the rugs? They're, they're they're quite dusty. They probably haven't had time to do it. Like they're they're a working family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and maybe prepare a meal. Like make make something nice. Like something yeah. nice. Like. Yeah. Maybe some burritos, enchiladas, you know, a little snack, like, for when they get home. Because, like, when I'm sad, I like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, there were being dicks. There were being dicks in the house. (laughs) Um, But whilst they were there, the uncle's mechanic turned up to do some work on the uncle's truck. And this, like spooked them because he wasn't part of the family they were like oh shit, what do we do with this guy so they just fucking grabbed him as well and then just legged it so yeah. now they had karen and they had the mechanic yeah the mechanic wasn't the target so they ended up just releasing him because yeah. they, they were like oh we're not really gonna get much money out of him like whatever go away um yeah. so he was released and they start. they demanded i think it was around like two thousand dollars from the family that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of work, money.
1: From a working class Mexican family, two thousand yeah. US dollars.
0: That's cool. Uh, yeah. So they, so at the time Miriam was living in Texas. So yeah. she was a living nanny in Texas and she came home at the weekends. Right. Uh, I looked up how much um, the average salary. now no idea if she was actually earning this much it was it yeah. might have been lower i don't know what her salary was but average salary for a living nanny in texas is uh uh 585 dollars a year uh, yeah. as an annual salary uh to put that into like pounds in today's money it's like not uh about 10 years ago when this was this was happening it's around twenty five thousand yeah. British pounds.
1: Yeah. Uh, just I, would, I, would, I would think that would be like the the salary on the up and up, and maybe that she was doing that, maybe she wasn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people coming across the border, and it's notorious that they're paid less. So yeah. this would have been this is even though this is average, it's likely to have been less than that. Yeah. Um, So after this happened, she basically she came home and she had uh, and she she moved in with her daughter Azalea. Okay. um, And so that they could get that they could sort this out. Um, She was split up from her her husband, so she didn't really have her husband's support in the same way as she would have wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And she had another son, uh, Louis. uh, and Lewis, so Azalea was a living carer as well. Uh Lewis ran a hat stall. So yeah. they're trying to sort of like get the money together through that. They managed to do it through bank loans. Because in Mexico you can get a loan for kidnapping. Yeah. Um just because it's so regular uh, that this happens and which is freaking crazy. It's it's yeah. it's just insane. But it took them a while to do the payments. And so they had to do like monthly payments. It wasn't a lump sum in 2000 and then release Karen. So it took about two years for this to come around. Yeah. So she's released. So she's kidnapped 2012, Uh, January 2012. It's 2014 when they finally done all the payments. But, but like, they they did all the payments, and then she still wasn't released. Karen still hadn't been released. And it was, like, at that point that Miriam basically gave up. Yeah. She was like, my daughter's dead. I know my daughter's dead. And now this is a quote from Azalea. Uh, Miriam came down. Azalea was there eating breakfast at the table and just, like, dead-eyed, dead-faced, She just basically said to her, she knew Karen was not coming back and she was most likely dead and she would hunt them down one by one. Now, this is the moment when it's like, oh, shit, um, this is a different story. Like, she's not just going to sit around and cry about this. She's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get every motherfucker. So this is when the campaign starts and this is when she goes from Miriam to Batman
1: you say campaign like like it's an actual like what what happened oh, that
0: Dude, this thing goes crazy so she set up a meet she wanted to try and get as much evidence on these people as well and like when I say campaign she didn't go out there and she wasn't like doing firefights in the street she wanted to work with the authorities she wanted to get pe- she did this the right way to get people arrested so, she yeah. met up with this guy in a coffee shop called El Junior, okay. so, which was, like, his cartel name. So, he was in there, and El Junior was basically just a middleman. Like, he was yeah. just a kid, but she was sat there having this coffee with him, trying to get, like, trying to, like, talk to him. Like, she'd already given up, but El Junior, he was trying to, like, get more money out of her. So, he was pretending that he wasn't part of the car- of the group that had taken Karen even though yeah. he was, mm-hmm. he um, he was pretending that they were going to help get Karen. And so they were trying to get a further $2,000 off of her so that they could then do a raid on the other cartel to get, get Karen. Okay. Which yeah. obviously was all rubbish because he was part of Los Etas. So yeah. this wasn't happening. But there's... This guy, as I say, he was, a, he was a middleman, so he was on a walkie-talkie the whole time, like, yeah. talking to this guy outside. The guy on the other end of the walkie-talkie messed up, because he used his real name. He didn't call him El Junior, he called him El Sana. Yeah. And so, whilst Miriam's there, like, pretending, like, what's happening and not knowing what's going on, she's taking notes, like, mentally taking notes of everything going on. And so... This is where Facebook comes in. <laughs> she went through Facebook and she found this guy. Um, because not only because of getting his name, it was she also had his face because she'd met him. And yeah. do you remember the mechanic that was released? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She picked his brain for every detail he could tell her. Like, cool. ev- literally everything on these people. So she knew, like, once she saw this guy, she was like, yeah, that's one of the kidnappers. I... The mechanic described you to a T. I've got you. Then she went through Facebook. She found this guy. Um, the only thing that she had to track down his location was she recognised the the uniform of someone. <laughs> so this girl who was hu- who was like in a fo- in an intimate photo with Summer was wearing the uniform of an ice cream place two miles away from her house. So. I don't know how many ice cream places there are in this t- in in this city that she lives in, but it's Mexico, yep. so I imagine a lot because it's hot. So I don't know how she yep. managed to pick out the individual ice cream plates, which is crazy. Yeah. But she did. She then went to went to the ice cream place, and for days she stalked this place. She okay. just staked out the place, and she was just sat there and like. I, I was thinking about what sweet gig this would have been if we were cops. Yeah. Like oh I get to stake out an ice cream place. I'll I'll take that one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, yep. I'll yep. need some I'll need some uh, budget for fudge brownies. <laughs> <laughs> like can can I get my expenses claims in? Oh yeah. Th- this week I tried to shake it up like to throw off the scent. So I was doing milkshakes. It was a milkshake yeah. week. <laughs> like, but. She was in there and like she was taking this place out, and then finally one day he came to and then they walked back to their place together. And so yeah. she stalked them back to their house. Yeah. fact, like took a note of where they lived, and then she was like, right, that's not really gonna get him in jail. I need more evidence. I need more to go on than this. Yeah. So she she just this was where this is where like proper detective mode came in. She cut and dyed her hair so she looked different. She used to work in a lower level position in the Ministry of Health. So she got her uniform from the minister. This was like from her old job. Got her uniform, got her ID badge and a clipboard and then surveyed all the neighbours. So she went around pretending she was doing like this official, um, official survey for the Ministry of Health. But she was just like getting details on this dude. And okay. managed to get like this massive case file. She even did like more Facebook like sleuthing in her spare time when she wasn't surveying. So she was able to collect like details on other members of the cartel. And then with like this massive file in hand, she went to the government and she went, See? I've done it. Arrest them. And the government said, No. And she was like, oh. What the absolute fuck, man? She had to go to, like, several different offices, several different police stations, like, finding people until she finally found one dude who was like, yeah, I'm into this. Okay, I'll do it. Like, fuck it, let's try it. And, like, when she put down her files, he was so impressed with the level of detail. Like, it was more detailed than his files, and he is paid to make those files. Yeah. So they put together... Put together the thing like tried to get like a case together and then so I managed to get the um the actual thing um like so warrant to go arrest him but by the time mm. that had come through yeah uh, Sam had left town he wasn't living in um in Los Fernando um sorry San Fernando anymore so they weren't able to get him okay so that That was a shame, but like in between times, um, that didn't stop Miriam. So she kept collecting evidence, trying to find things. Mm -hmm. But luck would happen um, in on the fourteenth of September, two thousand fourteen, and this is Mexican Independence Day. So this isn't just like a a casual day. This is like a massive celebration uh, in Mexico. And uh, Louis, who was who had his hat stand he saw sama this guy was at his stand okay so like this is just pure fucking luck here so he's there and he's staring down the eye he's staring at the guy who kidnapped his sister and he's just like fuck. so as soon as this guy leaves he's just like yep close the stand and then just like Following this guy and like walking like on the phone to the police and like I've got the motherfucker, get them come here Come here and get this guy get this guy and yeah. In the center of the plaza uh, So the central plaza and remember this is Mexican Independence Day So it's not like the central plaza would have been empty. This is like massive celebration Loads of people the police just came in and just like tackled him and was like come with us! Yeah dragged him out and Apparently this guy he just started screaming he was crying he was screaming he was like no don't take me don't take (laughs) me no and they dragged him into the van and he he was like you can't treat me like this i can't breathe oh my god Uh, oh no yeah and then when they got him in um into like the cell and like when interrogating him he just sang straight away he didn't want to be there at all he was just like i will tell you everything about anyone about anything um can i have some ice cream please i really like ice cream um, <laughs> <laughs> and and so with miriam's documents they were able to piece together so much of this cartel like they had the full works on everything going on with this cartel because right. they could just like put a photo in front of him and be like so who's this guy and like oh that's that guy that's that guy and like just piece it all together
1: that's tommy um, the fist
0: tommy the fist
1: or was it timmy the fist tommy <laughs> the knife i don't know <laughs> t- t-
0: t- t- <laughs> this is, this isn't el capone tommy the knife yes. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: E- 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 e. <laughs> No, this is this is mexico this is more like yeah. uh this is yeah. el el stabby yes los <laughs> tabos
0: <clears throat> okay, so one of the names that they gave uh, in this was uh, Christian Jose Zapata uh, Garganzella, Ellis. Okay. Um, and this kid was only 18. So he was recruited young. He was probably a kidnap victim who took that deal that I said about with Felix, how he yes. was given the deal to be part of the cartel. And right, so like, yeah. they dragged this guy in, um, like this 18-year-old kid, and basically, whilst he was there, he was like this is a really nice story, actually, this little bit because yeah. he was crying for his mother,
1: and the, the eighteen like, year old yeah,
0: like the whole time that he was in the interrogation room, and Miriam was there because like she was so happy that someone had been brought in, she wanted to be there to like find out what was happening yeah um this guy he was crying crying for her and she felt so bad for this kid that she gave him he, gave him her lunch. So she walked in, gave him her lunch, and then, like, went off uh, to the vending machine and bought him a Coke so that he had something to drink. Right. And, and that's how... And, like, that's what the police think was the moment that he decided, oh, I'm going to give people up because, like, this is a real human that I've hurt. Yeah. Um And, like, the whole... When when she was asked about this, uh, she just said, I'm still a mother. Like, he's yeah. ju- he's just a son and I'm still a mother. Um, and one of the things that he gave her, so gave them, now this was really important information, was the location of where they buried the bodies. Oh, so man. it was a ranch. And when they went up there, Miriam knew that her daughter was buried there because she managed to find her scarf okay so they they couldn't identify individual bodies on the day but bodies. She fa- um but she found when she Wait, found what, like bodies yeah multiple bodies this was where they buried loads of people not just this one uh not just one person so you were just like they dig they dig a hole and just dump bodies like just part and like um. There was one story of another raid that they did where there were 72 bodies just piled up in a house. Okay. So not even buried, just stacked on top of each other. Um, That wasn't what they found at this ranch, but that that's sort of the kind of burial sites, quote-unquote burial sites, that you'll find with these people. Um, yeah. So she found her daughter's scarf and she basically knew... Yeah, my daughter's dead. It was yeah. later on that the scientists um, did some... When they were testing the different bodies, they found a femur and it, they were able to track it back to Karen. So they okay. knew, yeah, Karen had been buried there. Because yeah. as well, like, they probably killed... Like, they might have killed Karen straight away, but we don't know when she died. So this this was at least two years after the initial kidnapping. So this body wasn't going to be in the same state as in an identifiable yeah. state. Yeah. Um, but when they were leaving, they they passed a restaurant. And this was a restaurant that Miriam had been to with Azalea after Karen's disappearance, like two weeks after Karen's disappearance, when they were just canvassing to try and find out any yeah. information they could. And right one of the people that they that they saw in there was this girl by the name of Oliva Yuzila uh, U- I think yeah. it, that's how you pronounce the name, um, who was actually partially raised by Miriam. So okay. Miriam looked after her as a child. Her mother was a prostitute who basically had just left her to her own devices and so like she just ran wild around, around the brothel. Yeah. Miriam would feed her. She would also, uh, she also gave her some of Karen's clothes as a child so that she had clothes. And it's like, yeah. it's like kind of looked after her a bit. When she, when she asked her in the restaurant um, back in 2012, if she knew anything about Karen's disappearance, she said nothing. She said, hadn't seen anything, which yeah. was strange because okay. everyone in the restaurant knew about it. Everyone around there had some idea, like people knew about this kidnapping. And Mm -hmm. if it was someone that this girl had known as a child, she would have been told at some point about this kidnapping. She would have heard about it. And so it got it got Miriam thinking, like, why didn't she know? What was the thing? And she I think they also saw her in the restaurant that same day, so she was like. She's spending a lot of time in this restaurant. What is the what's the deal? Yeah. Did some Facebook stalking. She was the fucking girlfriend of one of the cartel members. Oh. And not only that, the police later found out that her phone in her house had been used for some of the ransom calls. Yeah, like fucking. So she was dragged to the police.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm in, um, I'm in favor of that.
0: And then we're, I'm just going to go through, like, so in the end, Miriam managed to get 10 people arrested for this. Okay. One of the, one of the guys that she managed to get, so this was a lot of Facebook sleuthing, um, and this is kind of sad, but it's kind of, it shows that, like, that, there's not really redemption here. Like, you still did something terrible. Um. Yeah. One of the guys that she found was Enrique yola Rubo, uh Flores okay. and she managed to find him through the Facebook stalking. She yep. went to find... and the way that she located him was through the grandmother. Okay. So she went to this guy's grandmother and started asking her about her her grandkid and th- this was when like, Miriam had a shock because she said about how, like, he, he'd had some run-ins with the law and it was really bad, but he's turned his life around and he's a born-again Christian. Right. So this kid was, like, going to church every day and, like, he he had turned his life around and he'd, like, repented for, like, his um, his cartel time. Yeah. However, that's not bringing Karen back. Yeah. So Miriam, once again, stalks out the chapel that this kid went to. and yeah. To the point where she worked out like his daily pattern. Like knew exactly when he was going to turn up each day. um, On what day. And then the police came in and just dragged him out of the church to like the surprise of all the clergy. Because they were like oh this is our choir boy. Why (laughs) are you dragging our choir boy out? Oh yeah. We're going to get into like the end game now. So in 2017 there was a prison break at uh, Ciudad Victoria. Yeah. Um, and 200 prisoners escaped. Okay. Se- several of them are people Miriam had put away. Ooh. So, she asked for protection from the police, which she got some, but not enough. Um, yeah. When, like, family members were asking her what she like, about this, and she was asked about this. She said, I died the day they killed my daughter. I want to end this. I'm going to take out the people who hurt my daughter and they can do whatever they want to me. Okay. So, she just went full badass on this. Um, one, So, the last person, I, I'm pretty sure this is the last person that she got before uh, her untimely end. So, bear in mind as well, at this point she's 56 years old she found out about um about someone and about a woman and it looks like this was like i'm hearing conflicting things on this some people say it was a woman other people say it was a guy who had a flower stand so i i'm just gonna go with like what i know of the story and then you can piece together if this was a florist or a woman who was a carer okay but the bits that I know are true about this is that she stalked out this person in her car. And right. she was doing this for days, like stalking this person. And to the point where she was not leaving the car. So she was urinating in a bottle in her car. Yeah. So that okay. she could stay there. Um, and to keep herself awake, she was listening to the radio. yeah, Which meant that her son had to turn up at least once, maybe twice, to give her car a jump because she'd run down the radio <laughs> so someone was like yep. covertly turning up and being like okay i'm gonna kick start your car but honestly if i get caught then this is really <laughs> shit. um and i finally she saw the person that she was gonna get and so she fucking pegged it she started running after this person because they twit, they clocked her they yeah. saw her and were like you're the lady you're the fucking arrest me lady. And so she just started running. But like this 56 year old Miriam, she fucking pelted it after her. Like even like hurt her foot in the process yep. of doing this. Like I don't know if it was a fracture or a twist or whatever, but like she hurt and like she chased this person, got out her, like pinned into the ground and got out her hand guard and had it against their back and was like, don't you fucking move. Don't you she fucking She had a hand, She was fighting the cartel, dude. Like she should have had a bodyguard. <laughs> but she, like, I mean, yeah fair enough fair enough
1: i'm just saying like you, you you didn't mention she had guns i thought she was like doing a complete you know sleuth style
0: no well she was doing most of the sleuth style but like she had like a, a small handgun for protection okay that, yeah. like not that like a small handgun was going to do much against like people who've got fucking uzis um
1: yeah. i mean that, that is a small handgun it's a small automatic handgun but yeah
0: but like <laughs> But so she pinned this person down and like had the police on the phone and was like and like held them down until the police got there, which like some people say was about an hour or so. Um yeah. And that was the last person that she got whilst still alive. Yeah. So about a month or two after this, it was Mother's Day in Mexico. Right. Uh, the 10th of May uh, 2017. Right. Miriam was coming home. um at 10 o'clock, so it was around 10.21 at night mm-hmm. when a car pulled up with men that Miriam had put away and had escaped from prison. Yeah. And they rolled down the windows and opened fire on her. And the next morning, her husband found her. So she'd reconnected with her husband. Right, yeah. um, they'd sort of worked out what was they worked out their relationship and they were living together, and okay. the next morning he came out to find her lying not far from the house with her hand in her purse, like an yeah. inch away from her gun, Oof. and that's how that's how she died. On Mother's is there as well with her boots on. Yeah, um, and like the last person that was arrested, there's not much details about this because it was like done by the police, but. It's and I don't we haven't I don't I haven't been able to find her name, but it's this is really nice that she got arrested because some of the people that were arrested for this, they were just informers or they were like middlemen. They were part of the cartel, but they weren't like major players. The last person to be arrested was actually one of the active participants in the kidnapping. And they know for a fact through the interrogations that she tortured Karen. No. Yeah. So this woman would hang Karen upside down from her feet and use her as a punching bag. What is wrong with these people, man? I know. Like, you've already got the person. Like, what what are you doing? So this woman had left the cartel and she was working as a cab driver. Yeah. In another city. And they were able to track her down and arrest her. So... Uh, I mean, that was like 2017. So she, this woman must still be in prison at this point.
1: Well, I would hope so.
0: Yeah, that's that's Miriam Rodriguez, um, badass mother.
1: I mean, she should be a patron saint, honestly.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I
1: with a track record like that and how she went out, that's definitely this is this yeah. is this is Catholic saint status
0: right there. Totally, man. Like. Um, I mean government officials like there's some people quoted of like she they don't like her but they respect her because she was like she was like a hound dog like you see yeah. she she's she's a dog with a bone like she's going to get this out. so she pissed off a lot of people in government but they respected her dedication and like just remember she wasn't she had to like this wasn't her job so she had to like have she had a, um, a small clothing store. Um, Still, yeah. um, yeah. I think it was like called Rodeo Apparel, um, okay. which she which she was running. And so while she was running her shop, she was doing this. She was doing police work in her spare time. Oh my goodness! Yeah, absolutely crazy, my friend. Absolutely crazy.
1: I mean, just goes to show like if you put your mind to it, you're gonna get it done. I mean, this woman, this, this mother went mm. up against an armed and a proven threat to society by herself.
0: Yeah. Definitely, dude. Definitely. Like,
1: um... If, if she can do that, if she can take down to an extent, like hardened cartel criminals, like, why, why have you not learned the piano, Sam? <laughs> what, are
0: you, what are you doing with your life? I, though yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. totally agree with you. I should have <laughs> learned the piano because. Uh, Why are you the, not um,
1: speaking four languages? She took down a cartel. What are you doing I with think, your life? Oh my God! I'm like,
0: I, this is so <laughs> much pressure right now. So much pressure. Okay, <laughs> so that's where we—that's where we end things before over crushes the rest of my ego.
1: No, but this—this should be—this should be inspiring. This should just—this honestly, if this is not motivation for you or whoever is listening, then I don't know what is. Just get out there and do it. Take down that cartel. I mean, burn your ex's car.
0: You know, whatever I mean, makes you feel maybe good. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe watch some Mexican TV. Watch, watch some Mexican TV because it's just fun. It's just yeah. so fun. I have no idea what's going on. Even the news report that has subtitles, I still have no idea what they're talking about.
1: So this is actually, I mean, what you're telling me right now is is kind of like the the plotline from that last Rambo movie. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, you don't have to. Wait mm-hmm. for them to make a movie about this one this would be the Rambo movie
0: we should all see. That's true. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Like we wanted to do another true crime episode and um, we thought that rather than talking about the criminal, it was nice to talk about someone who's hunting down uh, criminals. Um,
1: <laughs> that is and, actually a real life figure, not Batman.
0: Exactly. Um, and as well, as we mentioned, like the first, uh, I think that this episode we're going to try and put it out for the 25th, so it's really close to the um, the anniversary of the first kidnapping. So just you know that was the 23rd of January. Yeah. Um, that that one happened. Um, but yeah. Uh, we hope that you're all staying safe in the pandemic. Um, you're With only this... going out when necessary. You're wearing your mask. Getting ready Washing to take it. Yeah. Uh, not coughing in people's faces, because that's, that's known as a dick move. Um, yes. And yeah, keep everyone safe. Uh, if you have any suggestions for things that you'd like us to talk about in the future, uh, do email in at podcastnotdead at um, Or you can always find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, just let us know how, how you're doing. Um, we're, we've got some things that we're working... In the pipeline, so hopefully that's going to come to fruition later this year. But yeah, just look after yourself and stay safe, everyone. Yep. Yeah.
1: Take care. Be safe. Wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And let's let's just try, because I mean we've we've said this before, and we all know I am the I am the advocate of a hard lockdown. But come on, come on, mate. we've we've <laughs> they've they've done everything but. So you know, can we just say that? I, for once, had it called it right. If we would have gone into hard lockdown, this would be over and our lives would be back.
0: I feel like that should be the new government slogan. Come on. Come on, mate. But it's it's just, it's that photo of Bernie Sanders at the inauguration, just yeah. looking grumpy in his mittens, and it just says, come on. Come on, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> look out to everyone. Bye. Bye.